6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. Plus, I want to talk a lot today uh, about the enforcement of Ottawa. We're going to talk about the Emergencies Act, and uh, we're going to talk about it on a couple of different fronts. You know the RCMP and OPP now have control of enforcement in Ottawa, and it comes after weeks of criticism of the local forces handling of that anti-government protest. The Public Safety Minister Marco Mendocino saying an integrated command centre has now been set up so the Mounties and OPP can share and assume responsibilities. All of this within 24 hours of the Prime Minister invoking the Emergencies Act. We also received word today that uh, the Ottawa Police Chief, Peter Slowly, has resigned. No word yet on, on who will replace him. When it comes to closer to home, down at the Coots border crossing, trucks and other vehicles have cleared out of Coots after a two-week blockade. The convoy left one day after RCMP arrested 13 people and seized a cache of firearms and ammunition. There's a lot of questions surrounding the invoking of the, Emergen- the Emergencies Act. The first time that it has been used should it be used and do the protests going on meet the criteria to enact it let's find out with more with national security expert and senior fellow at the center for international governance innovation dr wesley wark dr wark welcome to 6:30, chad thanks very much jaylen i'm actually an edmonton boy so it's nice to talk to you <laughs> well it's nice to have an edmonton boy join me on the air this <laughs> afternoon what do you think of this move is it overdue or should it not be not have been done yet I think it's overdue. I published a, a piece on Friday last week before it was invoked saying it was time for the federal government to use the Emergencies Act, uh, despite the fact that it had never been used ever in its history. I think the protest had come to that pass, and I, I think the provisions that are required in the Emergency Act before it can be enacted by the federal government you know, were met by the nature of, of the crisis that Canada has been going through. It hasn't been a crisis equally distributed across the country, uh, clearly. You've had problems at, at your border crossing mm-hmm. at Coote. We've had terrible problems, uh, to be honest, in in Ottawa, in the nation's capital, that the um, police forces in Ottawa, uh, you know, with the OPP, have been simply unable to deal with. So, uh, you know, we've really seen, I think, the full force of this protest here in ways that perhaps are hard to imagine for for others across the country. Give us an idea. I mean, you know, and I I was having a couple of conversations on on this front today about, you know, we see it on TV, we hear 30-second clips, we see a two-minute report that sort of thing but what has it been like from someone who who's there yeah, it, it's been terrible. I mean, the word that people often use is, is surreal. It's very hard to imagine what is actually happening in, in the nation's capital. There's this protest movement essentially camped out in downtown Ottawa with, with big breaks, uh, partying, blaring horns at all hours despite injunctions. Uh, people coming and going throughout the city uh, in their trucks with their flags and their epithets and their, their um, you know, slogans painted on, on, on vehicles. It's, it's an extraordinary sight. It's a kind of combination it's a sort of mad carnival is really how i how i would describe it It, and it's it's been i think frankly unbearable and and hard to imagine i mean ottawa has always been regarded as as one of the western world's most unprotected cities um but it's really proven itself to to be that and it's laid itself open uh to to this protest and and that's one of the reasons why ultimately the ottawa police chief was forced to resign because of his poor handling of it dr wark you you've mentioned that you 
you believe that the threshold for invoking the Emergencies Act uh, had been met. There are others mm. who are taking exception to that. Uh, the C Canadian Civil Liberties Association saying that they don't believe that we're at this point. Some saying it's just a failure to enforce that the act is not needed. Why do you believe that this was the right move? How did we meet that threshold? Well, there are, there are a couple of uh, specific uh, threshold provisions in the Emergencies Act. One, one ha that the government has to demonstrate that there is a national emergency that's beyond the capacity of, of any single province to deal with. And, and I think that has been demonstrated, certainly in the case of events uh, in Ontario. The second is that when, when the government proclaims the Emergencies Act and a public order emergency, which is a component of the Emergencies Act, it has to show that in, in its view there has been a threat to the security of Canada, which is defined according to the CSIS Act, the Canadian Security Intelligence Service. So again, the government has, has done that, and uh, some people have, will argue that, uh, you know, it, it doesn't, it just doesn't fit the circumstances, and, you know, that, that's part of a democratic discussion that we need to have. But from my perspective, uh, things had come to a pass where, uh, in the first instance, the federal government did have to seize control uh, of this uh, protest. And secondly, uh, I think they really needed the tools provided by the Emergencies Act to, to be effective in meeting the protest without having to use force and without having to have the military in the streets. And one of the creative things that they've done in using the Emergencies Act is, is essentially to define essential services, which mm -hmm. they can compel, uh, to include financial services so that uh, they will be able to compel financial institutions and insurance companies in mm -hmm. Canada to block personal and corporate accounts and insurance certificates for people that are identified as being part of a protest. That's that's a very powerful financial weapon that, that's a kind of, you know, stiletto-like attack on people's livelihoods, which, you know, I think we come to that pass. Uh, we're facing a kind of anarchic protest movement of a, it's sort of like something out of the 19th century um, that's that's descended on Ottawa's capital. And, and frankly, I think anybody who lives in Ottawa would tell you enough is enough. Dr. Wesley Wark joining me this afternoon. Doctor, you know, there's, and, I, and I've been getting texts coming in and phone calls coming in saying that this is a gross overreach of the government's powers. And, and there's people out there who are worried about this and what it could mean. What do you say to those folks? Yeah, I think that's an understandable worry, but but I think, you know, part of the problem is that, that we have never talked about the Emergencies Act. It was enacted back in 1988. Um, it's never been modernized or updated since that time. It's never been used, and, and importantly, it's never been part of any kind of political public conversation in Canada. So so people will see the title and they'll worry that uh, this is an overreach, that it is going to create a precedent. And, uh, you know, I don't think either of those things are actually true. The Emergencies Act, when it was formulated in 19 88 under the conservative government of, of um, Brian Mulroney was very carefully crafted to be a kind of last resort instrument to be used in very specific circumstances in kind of time-bound ways and everything that's done under the under the Emergencies Act has to uh, comport with the Charter of Rights and Freedoms so there's no throwing overboard of, of you know of the rights that are guaranteed to Canadians it has to take effect within 30 days it, it has a very narrow window of, of uh, time in which it can be used. It requires parliamentary approval within seven days. It requires a province to consent to it, uh, to allow these uh, measures to be taken within a province. So there are lots of checks and balances.
consequences in it. And as a last resort piece of legislation, um, you know, and I think the federal government, to be honest, was very reluctant to use it um, uh, until it felt it had no other uh, option. As a last resort piece of legislation, it's going to remain a last resort piece of legislation, whether it succeeds or fails with regard to this protest. And, and certainly it will be in future a no resort piece of legislation if it doesn't succeed with this protest. But, but I think we had frankly come to a pass where as I say, the federal government need, needed to take charge. It had legislative tools that it could use to take charge. I don't see this as an overreach. Uh, and I, I would say to people who say it is that, you know, the reality is that what we were facing was a deeply anti-democratic protest that was uh, deemed illegal and, and re you know, refused to uh, disperse and has been very threatening and harassing, especially to the citizens of Ottawa. And, and I, I think, frankly, some of the things that were uncovered at the Coots blockade mm -hmm. suggest just how dangerous this protest could be. It's, it's kind of take it's, it's feeding off, you know, some of the experiences the United States has been through since January 6th in ways that I think Canadians never thought would cross the border, but they have. And, and so the, in my view, the Emergencies Act, as uncomfortable an instrument as it might be, as unfamiliar as a tool as it might be to Canadians was, was necessary in the circumstances. And, and I think Canadians should take comfort in the idea that it is a very limited uh, power that the government has given itself. Pow powerful, to be sure, but very limited in terms of extent and, and, and the time in which it can be uh, operated under. National security expert Dr. Wesley Wark joining me this afternoon. Uh, pretty much out of time, but I, ha I, I could talk to you for an hour or doctor, doctor, doctor work. You'll have to come back and join me sometime. But before I let you go, I mean, you know, in the next couple of days, uh, we would expect things to um, be happening in Ottawa as far as far as a more enforcement and moving those protesters out. So we'll continue to watch yeah. that. But when we take a look a week from now, two weeks from yeah. now, a couple of months from now, or even a year from now, when we look back on what has just unfolded over the past three weeks. How will how will that be remembered, and, and what needs to be done to make sure it doesn't happen again? You know, the first thing I'd say, Jaylene, and I, I know we don't have much time, is that there is a real clock ticking on the Emergencies Act. The, the government only has seven days from yesterday to prove it's a success because it needs parliamentary approval within those seven days. Our parliament is, is deeply divided among different parties. We have a minority government. Unless, unless the Emergencies Act is looking to be successful in ending the protest, it, it probably will not be extended beyond those seven days. So the government is really under the gun. In the, in the long term, uh, the Emergencies Act requires a, a, a judicial inquiry at its, at its conclusion so that there will be a deep dive into, you know, all the failures and circumstances and what needs to be done and better in future. And, you know, I don't think anybody is going to come out, come out well uh, from that inquiry, but hopefully we will learn, learn lessons. And the idea will be to avoid the kinds of circumstances we found ourselves falling into uh, in the future. Dr. Wesley Wark, thank you for joining me this afternoon. Let's uh, talk again sometime in the future. I'd look forward to that. Thanks Thank you much. so much. Dr. Wesley Wark is a national security expert and senior fellow at the Center for International Governance Innovation. He served on the Prime Minister's Advisory Council on National Security from 2005 to 2009. So that would have been under what? Uh, Prime Ministers uh, Paul Martin and Stephen Harper. Uh, 780-496-0063. Let me know on the text line uh, what's uh, going through your mind this afternoon. We'll take a pause here. Coming up after 4 o'clock, we'll continue this conversation. We'll, we'll take a look at whether or not the Canadian forces should get involved.